Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle and is eating gluten-free whilst lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. Hello, my friends. This is Dave Denniston. Hope you had an awesome holiday season. We're back with a brand new podcast episode. And I have a question for you. Did you notice something different? We have a new couple of new intros that I'm trying out. You should have noticed a quickie little episode earlier this month with a uh, two of these intros. And I would love to know from you, which of the two introductions do you love the best? So I'm going to take a poll from the audience. So whatever you guys like better is the one that I'm going to go with. So make sure to email me dave at daviddeniston.com or dave at drfreedompodcast.com. So D-O-C-T-O-R, Freedom podcast.com and let me know do you like the the gal with the english accent or the guy with the deep voice which of those two do you like better let me know and i will go for the rest of the year with the winner of that little contest we're doing secondly also we now have new podcast artwork so I had the audience kind of vote on that, went to a group of doctors, asked them what they thought, and they helped me pick the new podcast artwork. So make sure to check that out if you haven't seen that yet. And in this new year, my friends, we're going to be doing some new stuff, trying some new things. I'm going to be bringing on some other special guests that I'm so excited about. We're going to be trying to do some more fireside chats. And in the conversation we have today, we are joined by Dr. Peter Kim. He is someone that's an anesthesiologist in Los Angeles, and he started this side hustle. And I think what you're going to love about this conversation, I'm splitting it into two parts. In part one, which you're going to be listening to today, you're going to learn about how his relationship with his dad led to his passion for medicine. But at the same time, he had this gap financially that his dad and, and parents didn't really fulfill. And so you're going to discover about how he learned this revolutionary way of managing money that he ended up learning from a different relative. And my friends, in the lesson in the podcast today, you're going to learn the lessons that Pete learned growing up and how debt impacted his future. You're going to talk about and learn the number of credit cards he had and why he fell into that trap. You're going to discover how he hustled and got all of his debt paid off within a year. And finally, you're going to learn about why my wife and I differ about the way that we grew up with money. So I know you're going to love it. Here is the podcast with Dr. Peter Kim. My name is Dave Denniston, your host, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast. And welcome back, my friends, to our monthly fireside chat with a physician to get to know their journey, their joys, and their struggles with finances and outside of finances. This show, it's not always about actionable content, but today, today is a chance for you to see behind the curtains, to walk in another doctor's shoes, to experience their lives. Now, our next guest, he is not only a physician, 
he has created a side hustle. And this is focused on concierge real estate for physicians called curbside real estate. Now, a little bit of a bio on him. He is a practicing full-time anesthesiologist. He lives in beautiful, sunny Southern California, my birth home, Lakers. And as I mentioned a few seconds ago, he has a passion for real estate that stemmed from his own frustrations, his own failures. And so I know he has a ton of wisdom, a great amount of mentorship to share with us. With no further ado, please help me welcome Dr. Peter Kim. Welcome, Pete. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. I've been listening to the show for a while, so it's really an honor to be here. Oh, man, no, it's, it's an honor to have you. Um, you know, it, it's so fun getting to talk with so many different kinds of, of people, and, and I think what's so cool about what you're doing is you, you have this, this whole side hustle, and I want to get into that here in a little bit. Um, but as you know, this podcast, it's about empowering physicians with knowledge of how they can slash their debt and slash their taxes and live a liberated lifestyle. But before I get into the content, I just love to know about my guests and, and their influences and what's brought them up. So can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what your childhood was like? Sure. I mean, I live in Southern California now, but I grew up most of my life on the East Coast. Uh, I, you know, I was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. I did all of my schooling there, and I really nef- never left the it's like a 20-mile radius there where I never moved outside of uh, wow. my whole life. Um, I had a great childhood. I mean, I, you know, my father was a surgeon, or he is a surgeon, hasn't retired yet, um, and you know, I was born when he was in residency. So I do remember moving around quite a bit. I mean, we lived in some smaller apartments. We lived in a different state for a little while. He did a fellowship. We moved to another state. And ended up in Maryland, and um, yeah, I do remember moving into, like I said, uh, every couple of years, as he kind of moved into different places in his career, uh, we moved into a little slightly nicer neighborhoods, slightly nicer homes, and the last one we had settled at, we, you know, we lived there from, you know, when I was middle school through high school, and it was, it was a great life. I mean, I, uh, I lived in neighborhoods with uh, a, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of young kids, and, and we just had a great time, and it was very free. And, you know, I just hope, you know, I have some children as well, and I hope my children can live a similar type of life. Uh, so, so really so not much me, to complain about. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me more about that. So your dad was, was a surgeon. Was yeah. that something where medicine, you were, you were in there with him at the hospital, saw him at the hospital, or what, what was that like growing up as a child? Yeah, I mean, I remember going to the hospital quite a bit. I mean, he worked in a, you know, it's a smaller, it's not a tiny, but a smaller community hospital where all the doctors know each other. Um, I mean, even all the nurses know the families of the doctors. And I remember going to the hospital quite a bit, um, spending time there, eating in the cafeteria, kind of playing around in the cafeteria in the hospital, a little children's area. I remember playing in that whole area uh, as a kid. So honestly, it was like kind of a playground to me when I was growing up. Wow, that's fun. I was actually, I was a a sponsor at the Minnesota Medical Association conference here, and they had Z-Dog come on. And I was just thinking of of him and his story, because he talked about his dad also being in medicine. And and there was this pressure kind of on him to to be a doc. Uh, Did you feel that at all for yourself and growing up? You know, I actually have, a, I mean, several doctors in my family. I mean, my mom's side, I was fortunate on my mom's side to have. I mean, her father was a physician as well. Um, so it's just kind of the only thing I knew growing up. And I, I don't think there was any particular, I don't, I mean, I don't remember my, my parents or, or my grandfather telling me, look, you have to be a doctor or this is the best thing or this is what you have to do. It's just kind of the, the life I grew up in. And, 
you know, you try to model yourself after people you look up to. And for me, that was my father, that was my grandfather, and that sort of thing. And so I just, you know, being a doctor was just part of it. And so uh, I always saw myself growing up just to be like them, and that's just, you know, following their footsteps into medicine. So were, were you, you know, six years old in the hospital with the stethoscope around your neck, and you're like, I know I'm going to be a doc, or what was that journey like when you finally decided that you did want to be in medicine? Yeah, I think if anybody ever, I mean, whenever, I mean, again, as far as I can recall, anytime anybody asks me what I'm going to be when I'm going to grow up, you know, when I grow up, I always just assumed I was going to be a doctor. I mean, on my, I, just, I still remember, like, on my walls growing up, you know, you have your posters, of, like, I have my Baltimore Orioles poster, Cal Ripken poster there. And on the other wall, and I still remember this, I had a poster of the GI tract. And uh, mm. that's why my dad put that up. He's a colorectal surgeon. So he just had this big poster up on my wall of the GI tract. I don't know if he was trying to influence me or whatever, but <laughs> I always had that on my wall, and I kept that growing up. And it just, you know, that's something that brings back fond memories for me. And that's, uh, you know, I had stethoscopes around the, I mean, around the house and that sort of thing. So I, it was just very normal to me growing up. Huh. So... You, you decided to do just from super early age. Um, you go to undergrad. Did you still know that you wanted to be a doc at that particular point? Yeah, I kind of chose my undergrad, um, you know, expecting to be a physician. I mean, I went to Johns Hopkins University, and they're, uh, I mean, I was right down the street from my high school, and, and they're obviously mm-hmm. well-known for their, for their med program, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, their pre-med and their medical school. Um, and I went there with the intention of, like, you know, getting a good education, and hopefully that would be a good pathway for me to ultimately end up in med school. Um, and I ended up going to the University of Maryland there for med school, which was right down the street as well. And so, I mean, everything worked out at the end of the day. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, mean, that's, I ultimately kind of had that path in my mind the whole time. I mean, I mean, there were a few times during undergrad, I saw a few of my friends and, you know, they were going to some, uh, they were going into business um, and, and they were, you know, some, some, some people wanted to do, you know, become entrepreneurs and they would talk about, uh, some of the businesses that they wanted to start. And that kind of always, I don't know, I always had a little bit of that spirit in me. Um, and so there were times where I, I kind of wavered slightly thinking about it. But at the end of the day, I kind of always, uh, I had never deviated too much from the past. Interesting. Wow, and so close to home. So, I mean, you, you're, you, were, you were staying around your folks and, and medical school wasn't too far away. And then what happened with residency then? Where did you end up doing residency? Um, well, I, I mean, I met my wife <laughs> in medical school. Uh, we are a different med school, but we are in the same city, um, and she's from L.A., so she kind of threw a, a wrench in the plans. <laughs> when I met her, you know, I, you know, as it started to get a little bit serious, you know, she started to put it out there that, hey, maybe, uh, you know, would you consider kind of going back out to the West Coast to at least try for residency? You know, and if you don't like it, then, you know, I'm open to, you know, she said she's open to kind of possibly settling out east, and she said, why don't we just try it for residency? And, of course, my, my folks weren't necessarily too thrilled with that idea, you know. Mm. Um, I guess I'm like a mama's boy of sorts, so I, I stayed really close <laughs> to home. Um, but, uh, you know, I said, hey, let's give it a shot. And luckily we both, I mean, we both matched in L.A., so that worked out perfect. Um, and so we gave it a shot, and I ended up out here for residency. And, you know, I guess she already kind of knew in the back of her mind the moment I ended up out here, there's no way I was going back. So, uh, yeah, within a couple months, I was sold. Yeah, no, no doubt, right? I mean, beaches and surfing and hanging out, and, and uh, obviously there's uh, some great medicine there at, at uh, a lot of the universities. Um, now, I know that, that when it comes to money, 
obviously your family had had some sort of wealth um, in terms of your, your dad being a doc during the golden age of medicine. What were some of your experiences with money at this particular point in your journey where now you're in L.A. and you're a resident? Well, I mean, it's funny because growing up, we, we never talked about money. Um, hmm. uh, I just, yeah, it was really not something we talked about in our family. I mean, it's just uh, – you know, when they talked about what kind of career or life I would have, they'd always talk about the, the whole the noble sense of medicine and, and that great feeling of being a physician and providing a great service to the community and feeling good about what you do in life. Uh, but the money aspect was really never talked about, and I think uh, I think they were doing that really just to shield me from the whole thing. I mean, they were just they didn't want me to kind of have that burden of uh, you know thinking about money growing up, and so they really didn't talk about it quite a bit, and so. Uh, honestly, it, it was really never something that was in my mind uh, growing up. Even I mean, I took some student loans here and there, and obviously I had to consider that. But those are things you can defer off to the future. So um, yes. it really wasn't until residency, uh, maybe late med school, but you know, somewhere in the middle of residency, where I actually started to think about it. Oh man, I have to figure out what I'm going to be doing in terms of my finances. What do physicians make? How do they think about retirement, uh, about all these things? It didn't pop up until residency at all for me. Did you start leaning on your dad at this point, kind of ask, asking him advice? Or, you know, what, what was that like? You know, as, did you figure out yourself? What, what was that path like to, to thinking about money and figuring out money then? Yeah, I mean, I, I did start asking him a little bit about it. Um, started asking him about whether, I mean, we started, you know, did you, do you have a financial advisor? I started asking him, did you, you know, did you incorporate yourself? Um, how are you saving for retirement in basics? I, I didn't really get into too much of the technical aspects of it. And it's kind of funny. I don't know. It's a little bit uncomfortable for me to ask my father about money. It's never been kind of a part of our, our relationship. And so, um, I don't know. I just never really, it, it, was, it was a little bit hard to have that discussion. And I didn't feel like I got great details. Um, but it's funny because my, you know, at this point I was married in residency. I, I married my wife and, her father was a, an anesthesiologist, actually, as well. And um, he started to kind of talk about finances with me. I think he was trying to make sure that I took care of his daughter, you know. Um, <laughs> and so he would give me – I mean, he would talk about finances quite a bit. And he – I mean, almost, he was – it wouldn't be, like, to criticize, but, you know, he saw some of the things I was spending my money on and doing this. And so he tried to give me his own fatherly advice and say, look um, – you know, Peter, you know, you've got the most important thing you can do is to save money and, you know, be careful how you spend your money and, and that sort of thing. And so um, he started telling me about what he did for retirement. And, again, he ended up doing a lot of real estate. And so um, he started kind of letting me know what his kind of whole, you know, plan was all along and ultimately how it's led him up to the point he is today. And so he was a big influence in my life in terms of finances as well. So I'm really, I mean, honestly, I was really lucky to have him. You know, it's so interesting because I, I think of – the Asian culture and, and, and the stereotype of, you know, the, the Asian grandma hoarding money, right? You know, like uh, mm -hmm. un, under the mattress. So that sounds like that that stereotype didn't really kind of play into your world until your father-in-law um, relationship. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think my, my, my father, um, I mean, he and I are pretty similar. I mean, we, we like even on the phone, we, we sound the same. We kind of have the same kind of personality. Um, he has a little bit more of a, um, you know, he was so focused on his surgeon kind of career and surgeon life and trying to be the best surgeon he can be. And obviously he, he is very, uh, he's well known in the community. He's very involved in his church and, and, and that sort of thing. So I think he was very, very focused on those things. 
And um, the financial part, you know, as long as he could, I mean, he did his best to, you know, provide for his children, and he did an amazing job for us. Um, you know, obviously we had everything we needed or wanted growing up, and I think he was just so focused on that. Um, and I don't know, he just never really talked about the the, the financial parts. And um, but unfortunately, I mean, like I said, he's still working today, and you know, I see where he is with his retirement, and I I think he's, I mean, he's close to where he needs to be, but honestly, he's not quite where he should be, in my opinion. You know. Um, and whereas I see my father-in-law in a kind of a different situation and it's not to criticize my father or, or say, you know, one's better than another. I think they just chose different priorities, you know, they have different priorities in life. Um, Absolutely. but so what I'm trying to do is trying to blend the best of both worlds. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and luckily I have both of those influences in my life. So what does that look like for you then, Pete? You know, is it what what what's important to you as you as you compare these two role models, right? You have one that was super successful in real estate, from what it sounds like, and was focused on saving and 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 wealth. And you have your dad, who was incredibly hardworking, good guy, loves medicine, passionate about his job. What does that look like for you in terms of what what you want to do and and where you want to go? Yeah. So again, I'm trying to. I mean, again, I try to learn from both their successes and, fail, and, I don't know about failures, but mistakes. Um, and so, I mean, it's nice for me to have that, to have both sides of that, and they're both physicians. So, yeah, I could see how choices early on in your career can ultimately end up, uh, you know, where, where that might put you at the end of your career. So um, what I've tried to do is from my father-in-law, I really, really learned from him and been influenced. Um, uh, I guess the influence I've got from him is, is to really, really – um, save your money and put it into some sort of income-producing assets, and that's always been a focus for me. Um, and that's that's from him. Uh, from my father, uh, you know, I've really taken the side of like, um, you know, taking medicine very seriously and understanding how important it is to our lives and, uh, and the noble part of the profession and how we have to hustle and work hard to to kind of get everything in life. I mean, again, his background is you know he grew up very poor, so. Um, well, like poor, lower middle class, um, you know, the first of his, you know, family to end up in going to college and university. And so he, you know, he scraped and clawed to ultimately get where he, you know, he got. And he tells me these amazing stories about how, you know, in his village, only there's only at that time, there were really only, I think, three universities out there in Korea, uh, three major ones. And one kid from his, you know, town gets to go to like each of those three and you know at that time you know medicine of course was the the highest you know the the highest um, you know the uh, achievement that anybody could have so really only like three kids in his whole village get to to go to the major university so he was uh, I mean he hustled and he clawed and scraped to get where he was and you know he moved from there to you know America it's an amazing story um, and so I think he tried to you know these as an immigrant he tried to shield you know he wants the best life for me and again he tried to shield me from all that so um, yeah, so money for me and him, I haven't, not that I haven't learned anything from him, but uh, for me, I try to provide that type of same life for my children while being smart on the backside uh, and investing and preparing for my future as well. So luckily, I've gotten both sides to really, because, uh, both sides to really learn from. That's awesome. Well, I, I think there's so many good good lessons in that. And I, I firmly believe money isn't everything. It's a tool, right? I mean, it just depends right. on how you want to use that tool. Um, but as you know, for me, I, I love talking about figuring out debt. And so many 
of our colleagues, so many of our friends that, that are in the medical profession are struggling with debt. So you did mention you did have some student loans. So tell us, Pete, a little bit about how's debt been part of your journey with medicine? Well, one of the downsides for me growing up and the fact that I didn't learn about finances and money is that I, I didn't really learn about debt and how to, again, how debt impacts you uh, mm-hmm. and impacts your future life. And so for me in college, um, I mean, I don't know if it's still the same case, but there are credit card companies all over college campuses just with, you know, at tables and desks, you know, trying to give you free stuff to sign up for credit cards. I don't know if it's the same right, right now, but, um, I mean, for me, you know, if there's anything free, I sign up for everything. I mean, it was like mm. a free, you know, $10 gift card for coffee. Uh, I'm saying, oh, yeah, I'll sign up for the credit card. <laughs> yeah, what's the big deal, you know? <laughs> free, uh, free T-shirt and stress ball, you know, that sort of thing. So, I, I found it for everything under the sun uh, that I could just to get the free stuff. And, again, I didn't really understand how – I knew nothing about credit scores. I knew nothing about, again, exactly interest rates. Uh, honestly, I had zero sense when it came to those things. So I remember I had at one point – I almost collected them. You know, they would – you know, you could put your favorite sports team on it. You could put your university on it. And so I, like, collected these, like, like trading cards, you know. I remember I had somewhere between six and eight credit cards when I was in, oh, in college. And I would just – you know, put money on them and just pay for stuff and, you know, revolve, you know, just, you know, they, they send these little checks where you can do balance transfers. So I would just move it from one to another. And, um, you know, by the time I finished college and uh, close to medical school, I remember I had over $20,000 of credit card debt. Um, okay. And that was, again, I was just paying the minimums. Uh, at that point, I had all these little odd jobs in college just to be able to pay the minimums. And I didn't really understand the impact of, you know, the interest. And I just like, was like, as long as I could cover the minimum, you know, as long as I covered the minimums, I thought I'd be fine, you know? Um, and so I carried a good amount of debt, uh, even into medical school with credit card debt, and that was growing and growing. And of course I had, you know, I picked up some student loans and, and I mean, honestly, the, luckily for me, I ended up going to my state school. And that's probably, that's one of the biggest kind of, uh, I mean, kind of things I look back in terms of my financial career or life that really saved me in the end of the day because honestly, my first year in medical school, it only cost me about twelve thousand dollars, right? Oh my word! Uh, That's nothing. Yeah, which is yeah, which is ridiculous, right? It's nothing when you think about it. Um, and of course, over the you know over the course of my medical school, actually the tuition doubled. But um, I mean, that was my first year and that sort of thing. And I know people that are in situations where they you know you know they pay you know they're paying sixty to seventy per year. So um, I, I got lucky, you know, and I took student loans out for that. But again, luckily, it's a small amount of student loans. Um, and so I carried those all throughout, you know, medical school, my credit card debt. I carried it all throughout medical school. Probably it grew and grew. And I got fortunate because after my first year, my intern year of residency, um, you know, my, I was actually a year ahead of my wife in residency. And so I took off a year after my internship to kind of line up with her before we came out to California together. And uh, I just moonlighted. And so I moonlighted for a year and I hustled. I mean, I, I took calls. I, took, I worked, you know, five days a week, took calls in between, did little odd jobs. And honestly, I was able to pay off all my credit card debt at that point. Um, wow. And so you, luckily you, you for, did it. Yeah. Did it really, that, was, that was in residency, you said? Yeah, right after my internship year. I mean, after your intern year, you, you know, you have a medical license and you're able to do, honestly, a lot of things within medicine. And so I worked in a clinic, uh, in an occupational health clinic. Again, I was taking call at night for uh, one of the hospitals, at least just covering some of the ER patients. 
And so um, I was hustling. I was working hard uh, to really pay off the credit card debt. At that point, it kind of hit me. All right, I probably shouldn't have this much credit card debt. And, um, and so I worked really, really hard to, to, to kind of get rid of that. You know, I also was able to save up for an engagement ring. And so that year was huge for me. So was there, was there a moment, you know, where, where you, that you can remember where you, you're looking at the credit card bills or something and you're like, this sucks. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. When did, when was that juncture? What, do you remember what that moment was like? Yeah, I think um, it's actually kind of when I started dating. It started when I started dating my wife, um, you know, uh, pretty seriously. I don't know, somehow we came on the, you know, we started talking about credit card debt or she asked me or maybe she saw a bill lying around or something like that. And she was shocked, you know. She came, again, she came from that typical Asian family where you don't have credit card debt. And if you do, you know, put something on credit card, you pay it off immediately, you know. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, she kind of questioned me, like, why are you carrying this debt? Why don't you just pay it off? And I said, well, no, 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 you just pay off the minimums and you're good, you know. <laughs> and uh, she was like, no, 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 uh, you pay off. It's Otherwise, you, you know, you, you accumulate, you know, the interest on it. And, you know, again, to me, that really never hit home. And I didn't realize some people were out there honestly just paying off their credit card debt. They, they put X amount on it, and at the end of the month, they pay it off. And to me, that was like a really foreign concept because myself and a lot of my friends, we just like, you know, credit card debt was a way of life, and I think that's like the American way. Um, and so, uh, you know, she started telling me and started pounding that home, saying, look, here's what's happening to you, blah, blah, blah. You're not gr- It's actually growing and this sort of thing. And somehow it got into my head. I guess I heard it enough. And, and I took a hold of it, and I guess that was the end of med school. And I said, oh, my gosh, i got to do something about this. And so, you know, luckily I had to sit, you know, the opportunity after internship to do that. And, I, that, uh, you know, I seized it. And, and luckily it's a smart, one of the smartest things I've done. So. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you for being so vulnerable. I mean, what a, what a great story. And I'm sure there's someone that's, that's out there that's listening to this right now that, that can relate to going through that. Um, I'm sure that that has to be a moment that just changed your life, Pete, huh? Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope they learn from it. I mean, again, I hope. I, I well, I think people are probably smarter than I was. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, I, I'm again, I don't even know what I was thinking. Again, it's I, I was again, I was sending up credit cards for like the free T-shirt. It's just again, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, and I hope people are smarter than me. But again, it was super. I just know that once I paid all those off, and since that point, to be honest with you. I've always paid off whatever I put on my credit card. I've always paid it off when that bill came the next month. In fact, I've kind of automated that. I've automated it to the point, you know, you can put it on. At that point, we didn't necessarily have all the online pay that we have today. Yes. But yes. today I put it on, you know, pay the balance. I, I, I click that button, pay the balance every single month in full. And that's a way for me to keep myself accountable. I make sure I do it. I make sure I have enough money in my checking account and so to do that because I know I can easily fall into that same trap again. You know, once you start paying off the minimum, it's so easy, you know. Um, it builds and it grows. And so from that point on, to be honest, I haven't actually carried a balance since that point. That's awesome. That is so good. That I mean, I think that, that so many of us, we have to get to that moment like you had with your, your girlfriend at the time and now your wife, and you just had that eye-opening Second, I remember reading a a post on the White Coat Investor recently where there was a couple that had everything leveraged up, hundreds of thousands of dollars of credit card debt, and they got to a point where they were just sick of it, and and they just made the decision. It sounds like for you, kind of a similar thing happened. Luckily, it was earlier before you start transition to practice, 
which is huge to, to have that. So I think the earlier we have these awakenings, um, the better. Any feedback on that, Pete? Oh, no, absolutely. Again, I feel like that was a pivotal moment uh, for me. I mean, it taught me a lesson. Again, it could have ended up much worse. Obviously, I could have uh, spiraled even more out of control. <laughs> I think that's just part of my personality. Um, and I'm lucky I had that gap here. I look, I'm, again, I feel so fortunate to, again, uh, I think, you know, people get brought into your life for a certain reason and hopefully in some ways opposites attract. And the way we handle money was totally opposite in so many ways. And I'm just so lucky I, I, you know, I have my wife and still she's a huge influence on me today, right, in terms of finances. And I, again, I run everything by her. So <laughs> thankfully I have her to do that. Um, and I, I think for people, again, it's, uh, it's never obviously too late to kind of make a decision. And I think at some point you just have to do it. Um, yeah. And mine, again, I don't, remember it being super intentional. I don't remember sitting there going, oh, I need to do this. It's just, it's just something clicked somewhere, and I, I don't remember you know, the exact moment, but something clicked somewhere, and I just started throwing all my money at, at my debt. And um, luckily, I was able to pay that all off. So. Well, I know, I know it, it's, things can work the other way, too, where I'm sure you've had influence on your life. I know in, in my situation, obviously, I, I enjoy talking about money. I have a passion for it. My wife is the opposite end of the spectrum. She's the artist in our family, right? So she, she loves mm-hmm. to sing. You know, money isn't something that, that she was taught kind of growing up as much. You know, her parents are great people, but it just wasn't mm-hmm. something that was as much of a value. And I know for me, you know, she's brought more spontaneity into my life, right? Normally, I, I, I'm just cool sitting at home, you know, uh, or working out or whatever, you know, but she brings that oh, spontaneity great to have that balance. into my life. Yeah. yeah, you need that balance in your life. So, I mean, that's what I think partners and spouses are for. So, All right, my friends. Well, that wraps up the interview for today. I hope you gained some great stuff out of this. I just love learning about physicians and everything that they encounter because I believe we can learn from these experiences. Thank you again so much for everything that you do. From the bottom of my heart, I believe in you. I believe you have a great financial future ahead of you. Apply these lessons, my friends, that you learn in these podcasts. And don't be afraid to ask for help. And as always, I'd love to know your feedback, your comments. Make sure to email me, Dave, at drfreedompodcast.com. And I promise you I will get back to you within two business days whenever you email me. Whatever you got, whatever's on your mind, let me know. I'd love to talk to you. love to help. Signing off for now. Talk to you later.